Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. The Old Testament reading for the Feast of the Resurrection of our Lord is written in Job, the 19th chapter. Oh, that my words were written! Oh, that they were inscribed in a book! Oh, that with an iron pen and lead they were engraved in the rock forever! For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last He will stand upon the earth, And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself and my eyes behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. This is the word of the Lord. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb, and they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Set in stone, solid as a rock. These expressions are our way of conveying hard, final, factual, well, stone cold realities of our world that just can't be changed. Bedrock doesn't move for your shovel. Immovable stone can't be twisted and shaped as we please, not without violence, hammers and chisels, or maybe even dynamite. What is built of great stone blocks lasts for centuries. Even when they topple, the ruins still stay around. And there is one stone that everyone must buy sooner or later the tombstone, the memorial that will outlast us in the cemetery. Cold, final, solid. And when the women went to the tomb on the first day of the week, Sunday, it was that rock that they had in mind. Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? What could be more imposing? They had seen their Lord, whom they loved, crucified. They alone had the courage or the foolishness 
to watch from a distance what the men from their company, the sorry disciples of Jesus, dared not do. They were not strong enough. Or maybe rather it was that these women, unlike the men, were so insignificant that they would not have been targeted by the chief priests as Jesus had just been. But that great stone slamming shut, that drove home their insignificance more than anything. Two nights earlier, rolled into place, obscuring the wrapped body of the one that they had hoped would be the Christ. And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. Mark's Gospel doesn't mention the earthquake. It doesn't mention the guards. They're already long gone, apparently. It doesn't even mention the shroud and napkin folded in the tomb. But it mentions the stone. And that's what causes these women to look up from their gloomy face-down walking from their cell phones or their daydreams or their weeping. Because the immovable had been moved. And that is the first time that Mark's Gospel notices it was very large. So large that no woman, likely no single man, could have moved it, no matter how strong. But, beyond the measure of strength and muscle, with that stone is changed and moved something far more rock, solid, sure. Death is undone do not be alarmed you seek jesus of nazareth who was crucified he is risen he is not here see the place where they laid him where you saw them lay him but go now and tell his disciples and peter that he is going before you and there you will see him just as he told you now with skill both we in our modern times and the ancients themselves could deal with rock and stone, carve monuments, build churches, mark graves. But see how Christ makes short work of all that. In fact, He passed through this stone as if He could not even be bothered by it. Matthew tells that an angel had to come from heaven and roll that stone back and sit on it and when he did, he revealed the tomb already empty. Far more rigid than rock. Far more stubborn than stone, however, is death. We can only postpone it. We cannot prevent it. We've never reversed it. We cannot laugh at it or pass through it like Jesus has. For who has ever risen or raised Himself from the dead? Christ has. And who can claim as Jesus has the authority both to lay down His life at will and to take it back up again at will? Now at first, at this news, the women are alarmed. They don't tell anyone. They are frightened. And well, they should be. As we should be too. What power, what wonder, what impossibility is this that a tomb would be made unnecessary? 
The women realize that this big, fearsome stone is now of no more concern than a pebble. Christ has done something, though, more amazing than any dynamite which might blast a rock to pieces. Christ has utterly bypassed it. And that is but a glorious picture and demonstration of the greater truth that they see, more rock-solid than any other, that death cannot contain Him. It is swallowed up by His life. Now this is a staggering truth. It's a truth that's mocked and waved away by many. It's despised by anyone whose only hope and love is this world and for whom death then is a finish line. And it's even feared, rightly, by Christians. Job, who pondered his own death constantly in his greatest of miseries, Job was also compelled to ponder this truth. Now He was not confronted with a stone rolled back, and yet he confessed and did not deny. I know that my Redeemer lives. And Job is the one who gets to tell us the meaning and purpose of this Easter truth. Why it matters that Jesus has come back to life again. Not only will He stand at the last upon the earth, I too, I too shall see God in my own flesh. Because Christ has conquered death, His last day judgment and His appearance will undo death's effects on everyone. The whole world of people will rise, alive, renewed, standing again at the last day. And the thought of that, both the rising to life and the standing face to face with God, Job says, my heart faints within me. Christ's resurrection brings both fear and joy. Fear because all must know and acknowledge that He is God. My life also must change. I cannot live as if He did not exist or as if He did not matter and as if I mattered most. But also endless and unbridled joy. If the angel is to believe. For the message that we hear today is not there is a God who is on the loose, a God who laughs at the solidity of rocks and stone and death itself, and He is out to get you. No. It is that this One is risen, just as He said, and therefore do not be afraid any longer. He has overcome not only the very large stone of the tomb, and the rock-solid certainty of death, He has also overcome the stubborn hardness of the sinful human heart. That rock that is curved so incessantly in on itself. Man, that too is a fearfully amazing fact. And to overcome our hearts that is a great feat. Christ was crucified 
for our sins. He was offered as a willing sacrifice, facing the rock-melting wrath of God in our place. And now, as St. Paul writes, He is raised again for our justification. The Father has accepted His sacrifice. He has vindicated His Son. And thus He has redeemed those who trust in that Son also. Christ is not the one and only to be raised. But He is the firstfruits. He is the firstborn from the dead with many brothers and sisters following after Him. Know that your Redeemer lives, and at the last He will stand upon the earth, and after your skin has been destroyed, yet in your flesh you will see God, whom you will see for yourself, and your eyes shall behold. Now such a gospel, such a good report as this, that there is a God who underwent death to buy you back from your own foolish stone-hearted sin and who is risen from death to defeat your last enemy, death. That message needs to be kept. It needs to be hung on to. It needs to be refreshed and set before us all the time. Now Job of old, he could think of no firmer, no sturdier medium than an iron pen and lead engraving this gospel into rock forever. You can all take a journey out to our cemetery when the water dries up and see just how many of our fellow saints have chosen Job's comforting words as the ones to put on their tombstones as well. But in the end, there is something greater and better into which this gospel must be written. Something that despite all of what we would expect, actually will last longer. And that is into your hearts. Into your faith. The Gospel must be written into your body and soul, dear hearers. For when the Gospel is written into you, when the water of holy baptism is poured onto you, when the body of Christ and His precious blood permeate into a person, Christ does just the same as He did outside Jerusalem. He overcomes death and He outlasts stone in you also. Whoever keeps My word, Jesus says, will never taste death and I will raise you up at the last day. And when He raises you, you will never die again. So says the crucified one who today is risen just as he said. He is true to his word. And he says that in him you 
will outlast rock and stone. Yes, even the gravestones that you leave behind in the cemetery to preach the gospel to your grandchildren and to anyone who passes by, those rocks will not be so everlasting as you will be. Because the Lord wills to be heard in the voice of His saints. He will be heard echoing back, Amen, at the resurrection of the dead. And we will be praising Him who is risen indeed in the life of the world to come. Come then, dear saints, and let your fears be silenced in the confession of your Redeemer, who was crucified for you and who now lives. And let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Alleluia! Christ is risen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com and if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at denzer.org. That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R dot O-R-G. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen.